Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you? Morning, Eric. How you doing? Oh, I'm excited. I, I'm really excited. I'm always excited to talk to you. I always enjoy your conversations, but today you've brought on a special guest. I'm excited to learn more about Rich. Can you introduce Rich to the audience for me? Yeah, we got Rich Manisto on, and he's a vice president at Wisconsin Lutheran College, or in our neck of the woods, we like to call it WLC. So he's just been a good personal friend for about 15 years, and it's been fun to watch him go through quite an interesting career progression, and there's just a lot of different things that we thought he could share with our with our audience. Fantastic. And Rich, I'm going to be very honest and upfront right off the bat. I've kind of cyber-stalked you just slightly when I knew that you were coming on the show. You're a good-looking guy, and you look really, really nice. He is a nice well, guy. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm glad my LinkedIn profile speaks well for myself. <laughs> it, it really does. I mean, you look, you have a very kind face. So I'm looking forward to a great conversation with you guys. Well, thanks Rich, for, for coming on. And, and I mentioned your career path a little bit. Do you mind sharing with us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about that career path that took you to where you are? My career, it's, it's been interesting because what I started out doing, I'm not doing today. I started as a high school band director probably about 25 years ago and really was enjoying that work. I was at three different public high schools and ended up at my alma mater, Wisconsin Lutheran High School, which is a really cool experience if you ever have a chance to work for your alma mater in the past. And I was experiencing amazing success. Three state marching band championships, the, the concert band was able to perform for Wisconsin Arts Day in, in the rotunda of the Capitol and kind of the pinnacle of, of my career at that point. And then I've got this little tap on the shoulder to move into development and professional fundraising. And I was about 35 at the time. And I said, well, if there's a chance to change careers, uh, go a little different direction, I'd rather do it now than when I'm 55. So I dove in and have been in that field ever since in, in a couple different areas. So I started out with development work and fundraising at my alma mater, which was very exciting as an alum and such. And then I moved into becoming a, a private consultant for many nonprofit groups, taking the knowledge that I learned and the success that I experienced and helping other ministries and nonprofits grow their annual fund and their giving and, and some, experience the same success I did. So even when I was a band director and now in development work, it's, it's about giving back and it's about helping your communities, your alma maters, your cities, and, and really making a difference in the world. And after consulting, then I moved on the other side of the tracks for development. Here for about seven years, I was getting money and asking people for money, and I moved to the Kern Family Foundation, amazing group of folks out there in Waukesha to work with, was on the side of helping them find ways to give it away, which I know everyone says, oh, that would be my dream job. But I'll tell you, it's really tough. You are challenged because you're taking someone's life work in your hands and helping do good with it. And there's a lot of responsibility. And it's difficult because you're, you're no longer asking, you're giving, but you're also giving up a, a lot of control and power with uh, that money going out. And you're not sure it'll do what you thought it will do when you make those investments. So that was a, a really interesting aspect in order to see both sides of development. And then about seven years ago, 
opportunity came for up for me to come to Wisconsin Lutheran College, my alma mater, where I got my bachelor's degree as vice president of advancement. I sit on the president's cabinet right now and oversee development work, alumni relations, but I also have strategic planning, also marketing and communications. So a, a, a wide bandwidth of opportunity there from band directing to a whole ball of wax now. Oh, that's great. You know, I don't know if you know this about me, Rich, but I was a physics major in college, was part of ROTC, and now I'm a financial planner. So I, I kind of appreciate your varied background. That's great. <laughs> well, the, the math background makes makes a lot of sense then. That's why you do such a, a great job in your finance work, I'll bet. Yeah, well, try to, try to. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned a word there, advancement, and that's that might be a different word that some of our listeners might not have uh, heard before. I've maybe heard of fundraising for sure and development perhaps, but tell me more about what, what is mission advancement? Sure. So when we, we think of advancing our mission, it comes in a couple of different avenues and pathways. When we think of advancing down a road, we're going to need investments. So that does mean fundraising. And I oversee those aspects of the college. But alongside it is also having a strategy that will help the college grow over time or wherever organization that advancement professional is helping manage. So really marrying the strategic plan of the future direction of the college and then finding donors and friends and foundations and corporations to help support that mission to get you where you want to go. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about give us all your money type of uh, stuff. There's a lot of thought that goes behind it. Oh, absolutely. And the secret of, of advancement really is working with donors and individuals and seeing what they're excited about. What do they want to accomplish? What is their mission in life? And they have resources to do that. And the magic happens when you can marry of where your institution wants to go in advance. And so does this donor. And that's, that's the exciting part and the, the real joy that I find in my work is helping people get to where they want to go, but also helping the college at the same time. So it's really a wonderful partnership. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Now, we talked a couple bits there about your career changes, and a lot of the people listening are maybe like 55, 60, perhaps approaching retirement, perhaps they're wondering if they have enough time left in their career to, to make a career change. What, what advice might you have for someone that's contemplating the next step in their life, whatever that might be? Oh, I'd say go for it. I don't think you're ever too old to, to learn some, some new skills and to explore some, some new insights. As we both have traversed you know, slightly different paths along the way, you're always building upon those experiences and the learning that you did from one career to the next. And I don't know, Jeremy, if you witnessed that from your work, I look at how, how did I work with a 130-piece band is not all that different than working with 30 people that report to me. We have to make sure we're, we're making our music in concert with each other. So it's about teamwork and it's about reaching the same goal together and then offering the time and the practice and the resources in order to get us there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize how what they're doing now could be connected to all kinds of different areas. A skill set you have in one area could easily be applied to so many different things. I remember this is one of my first college interviews and I was a physics major at the time, applying for a finance job, and the lady stopped the interview in the middle. She said, I just got to ask you, everyone else here is a finance major. What are you doing here? 
And I said, well, what's the, what's the job? She said, oh, well, you look at a bunch of data and you uh, determine some patterns from that and you draw conclusions and you, you do things based on that. I said, well, what do you think science is? You look at all the data, you do all that exact stuff. I said, sorry about this, but actually all the finance people are unqualified. You know, you should be looking at scientists <laughs> to, to figure out this thing. So it's kind of neat just at that, taking that, taking that skill set or taking how you approach things and just apply it to, to other areas for sure. Absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, learning and things like that, you, you're part of a college, Wisconsin Lutheran College. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, we're uh, just about 50 years old, so we're still the youngest college in the state of Wisconsin. Is, uh, we've got some great brothers and sisters out there that were founded in the 1800s. But we've uh, been blessed with some phenomenal growth, 79% growth, actually, over the last 13 years. So we've been uh, a regional college that really focuses on a liberal arts education, a Christian background, and a small community. So we're about 1,200 students. We don't have any teaching assistance. So your, your opportunity as a freshman is probably six of your seven courses are going to be taught by a PhD, so the highest level degree professor. And you're going to get that personal experience. We don't have 200-person lecture halls. Our largest classes are 30. So we're uh, all about high-touch personal experiences. And then there's this myriad of opportunities here at, at where we are at WLC. We're on 88th and Blue Mound in Milwaukee, so on the edge of Wauwatosa, but we're across the street from the state's largest medical com complex, you know, the Milwaukee Regional Medical Complex. So our health science majors, nursing, and a, a whole slew of other areas of the college really connect with partnerships just across the street from us. So students that are really caring, can, concerned Christians that are looking to carry that into a health sciences field, this is a perfect mix for them. Mm -hmm. Well, you talked about high touch and health, and here we are in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. Tell me how, how you guys are doing with that. <laughs> well, it's uh, 2020 is a year uh, unlike any other, right, in our experience. I think I was in a meeting yesterday, and, and the presenter said, you know, is anybody left from 1918? You know, that's, that's our lens of experience, right? that we have. So, you know, over a hundred years ago, nobody remembers that. So we had to really reinvent the wheel. And that's what we've been doing since April is we, we came out strong when we are uh, hunkered down in the safer at home and in our basements on Zoom calls saying, hey, we are going to find a way to come back face-to-face -face instruction safely and in an appropriate way that meets all the guidelines of our city. And we were able to do that this past fall, and we're using what's called a high flex model, which a lot of colleges have due to a special gift of about a quarter million dollars this summer. We are able to outfit almost every classroom with high tech cameras and computer equipment so that we can social distance our students. So if it was a class of 30, well, now it's probably needs to be a class of 15 in order to keep that six foot distance in the classroom. So if it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class, Half the class is coming in on Monday in person with the instructor, and the other half is going to be coming in via their Zoom from the dorm room or if they're commuting, you know, from their parents' basement. And then they flip. So it's not as it was back in 2019, but it's about as close as we can get. We've been really fortunate. There's only been about 30 total cases out of our 1,200 students since we started tracking in August which is pretty remarkable when you consider that 700 of our students are living on the campus. They're eating three meals a day here. They're you know playing Frisbee on, on the quad. They are 
rubbing elbows at six feet distance, of course, but we've, we've been blessed. We've worked well with our Wauwatosa and Milwaukee health departments on our mitigation plan, and they've been great partners with that. And, and then as far as, you know, where we're taking the athletics, that's, that's a tricky one because these are high-contact sports. So we've developed some pod models and some low-contact ability so that our students can still practice together. They still get that experience because they really, they came, they come to college because they want to get a degree, but they really have a passion maybe for football or basketball. And that's something that we didn't want to take away from them. With our conference, most of our spring and all of our fall sports will be doing their competitions in the spring that we're hopeful that the pandemic will take a, a turn for the better after Christmas here. But we're still trying to give them as many of those experiences that are part of college life and keep it as normal as possible. And even in the fine arts, they're creative this year. So instead of doing, you know, an enclosed theater production, they did it outside on our and they did Shakespeare. And they portrayed it in the middle of the afternoon on a Friday and a Saturday where they were able to do it like he would have back then. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like if you got a, a good mission, you can be creative around how to actually accomplish that mission. Absolutely. It's, a, it's all about creativity these days. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of creative, you've got a, a few different ways where you've gone through and at the college at least, have helped people connect to the college or connect to education in a way that's not the typical, you're 18, you go to college on the hill and your parents pay for it, that kind of stuff. You got some different ways that people can engage with education when they're past that that time, when sometimes people might think, oh, I'm, I'm done learning. Can you tell me more about some of those those programs you have? We started out as a, a very traditional college for about the first 35 years of our existence. And then about 10, 15 years ago, we realized there's a whole nother segment of our wonderful population of Milwaukee and the region, the Midwest region, that maybe wants to come back to school that would love to experience a, a high-touch Christian environment like WLC, but they can't take off their full-time working and they have a family. You know, they can't come to school during the day. That this won't work. So we started our adult and graduate studies program. And specifically, we focused on our adult degree completion, which is an accelerated program for anybody that really wants to come back and, and get a degree. And they can do it in the evenings, on weekends. They can do it online. We do have an, an in-person type of, of setup too. But quite frankly, in the last year, most people have been choosing online because that's easier. But we do offer a blended option because uh, some students that are older adults say, I don't want to sit in front of a computer screen. So we're really trying to meet people where they're at and take them through their degree. Most of them, if they come in with at least a, some college credits in, the, in their background, will can finish in, in a little over two years. So it doesn't take a, a long process. We make it practical. A couple of our recent alums have come to us typically because they're trying to move up in their career. So they didn't have that undergraduate, but maybe they started at Walmart and work their way up, but the only way they're going to get to that next level is with a degree. In fact, one of our shining stars a, a year ago was promoted to the one of the best performing general manager positions, or he became the best performer as a general manager of a Walmart store, and he attributes his success to uh, getting his business degree here with the Christian Servant Leadership Ethos, and you know Walmart really valued that and saw that experience uh, come to fruition through that individual. 
Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You, you just mentioned there the servant leadership. And uh, on your LinkedIn, you have a, a quote in there about service over self. That's actually one of my five values that I have in my business plan. So we got a little bit in common there, Rich, which is awesome. Ah. Um, well, tell admit, me more about I, Sure. Yeah. I, I actually stole that from, uh, I've been a Rotarian probably for about 12, 15 years now. So one of their, their models is service above self, which kind of mm-hmm. led me to, to be attracted to that organization. But it's always yeah. been my mission. And, and I think yours too, Jeremy. I've known you for a long time as well. And that's probably why we've stayed such good friends for so long is it's, it's, it's more than just about you. Sure, you bring your talents to the table, but how can I help someone else improve their talents or what they're doing so the world can just be a better place? And we can lend our Christian values along with that. Hey, it's, it's a win uh, on top of it. Yeah. Well, the WLC is really running with that idea of the servant leadership. Is there a program or t- I'm forgetting exactly. There's a few things along oh, sure. those lines. Sure. We have a, a Center for Christian Leadership that was started uh, a decade ago. And we have an executive director that runs that program. And it takes a couple different avenues. For internal, for our students, we have a certificate program. So for those students that would like to learn more about being a, a really solid Christian servant leader, how can I take my talents and my vocation that I'm learning in my degree, but then add a leadership component on top of it? So they can apply for the certificate program. And right now we've got about 75 students enrolled in that. And this is extra work. So when they graduate from WLC, they receive their diploma, but then they'll receive their certificate that said they went above and beyond to get extra skill sets and really show that value for their employers of what they can bring to the table. On top of it, our goal is to try and draw events from Christian concerts to business professionals to open forums to all kinds of different activities that are around Christian servant leadership. So how do we engage our our Milwaukee and Southeastern Wisconsin community with the college and just getting people together to talk about, hey, how do you how do you bring your Christian values to the workplace in an appropriate way? This isn't a, I'm going to bring my Bible and start reading scripture to my coworker. It's how do I lead with my Christian values without offending someone? And how do I get other folks to, to open up about maybe they have the similar path and how do we do that appropriately? So it's been a really exciting journey over the last decade to watch the center grow and bring in different speakers, uh, you know, everything from the CEO of Jockey Corporation to, to the former, well, now, unfortunately, Briggs & Stratton has gone down a different path, but, you know, one of the top leaders over there as well, about how they allowed their Christian influence to appropriately be in the workplace. In today's world, that's, that's a tough conversation to have, but it's a really important one. Yeah, I've been to a few of those events, and it's just amazing how, again, you just think a college is for 18 to 22-year-olds, and here you are out there, and you're engaging with people all around the age spectrum, different demographics, all kinds of different ways, because you've got that mission of being a servant. It's just, if you can be a servant, let's be creative on how we can connect with all these people to, to further whatever it is they need to move down their path. That's great. Absolutely. No, it's been yeah. really exciting for us as a college to get more into our community as well. Yeah. Well, speaking about uh, moving down past, you've got someone in your family here that's maybe looking at, at colleges and, and in that uh, time of their life. And a lot of people that are listening in are maybe parents, maybe grandparents even, of where they're looking at their kids or grandkids and they see this big decision about ahead of them. What, what advice do you have for folks that want to guide their kids, guide their grandkids 
you know, without being overbearing and saying, well, you got to do this my way or the highway type of stuff. <laughs> yep, that absolutely won't work. I, I have a junior in high school right now. We started our, our college visit tours, which has been a little tricky during this COVID situation uh, on top of it. But here, here's my advice. Having been in higher education as uh, here at the college for, uh, for nearly eight years now, but then with my own son, it, it is, you're kind of the guide on the side. And it's, say, have you looked at this? And when we go on those tours, we, we have a great conversation after, what did you like about that college? And what are you looking for in a college? What are, you know, what are your values? Do your values match up with what you see here? Is it the size of classes? Is it the campus? There's all kinds of decisions that go into it. It ends up being a really personal decision. So you're absolutely right. You can't be too overbearing. But at the same time, they're 16 or 17 years old. They're going to look for some guidance while they never ask for it. They're still looking for it. And I think pointing them in the right direction. So my son and I will sit down and we'll look at, so, you know, let's look at some college, uh, Christian college options. Let's look at some public options. Let's look at private. Let's look at the gamut and just see where you think you're going to have the best fit. Because he's, he's a great Christian young man. Everybody's in a different spot for where they think their faith life is going to mature during their college years and how much support they want for that or what they're looking for and such. So I think it's really important that the family is kind of part of that decision without, it's that fine line of not being overbearing, but I think making suggestions and having him take a look because uh, I threw out suggestions and then he goes and looks on the websites and says, yeah, I think I kind of like that and such. And, and it's, it's about keeping an open dialogue. Yeah. We talked about being a guide, being supportive, asking questions. That's a great way to get people to start thinking about how they might want to go about and, and making some big decisions. One big decision that uh, you've, you share with me in the past, I remember this from years ago, but you watched somebody uh, basically write out a million-dollar check to give away to a nonprofit. I think I remember one specifically. You said, this is my first million-dollar donation that you had uh, solicited from somebody. When you're watching somebody give that big of a gift, What's going through your head? What's going through their head when that's happening? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it, I, I distinctly remember that conversation. It, you're right. And it, it was early in my career. So I call it, I got lucky <laughs> to find it because mm-hmm. it was also the high school's first million-dollar gift, too. So oh, not only awesome. was it mine, but that, that high school that was 100 years old, it was the first million-dollar gift. Now, people over the lifetime say given collectively, but all at one time. So I distinctly remember this donor, and it gets back to what I had mentioned kind of at the beginning of advancement. It's finding that if you think, I'll, I'll use science here for you, Jeremy. So a Venn diagram. So you've got what the institution wants to accomplish, and then you've got what does the donor love to do? What are, what are they all about? And where those intersect, that third circle is me as the advancement or the major gift officer and they're trying to bring those two circles together. Like, what do you want to accomplish? What do we want to do? And then how do we do it together? That, that was the, the magic that kind of happened. And this was instantly for scholarships, making the school more affordable for maybe people that couldn't afford a private school. So a, a really altruistic mission. And it, it's really, I, I think my, my you know, advice for listeners is you might be hanging out with millionaires, you know, at your church, at the bowling alley, at the coffee shop. They don't, it's not like Hollywood where all of a sudden they're <laughs> all, all aloof and it's all different. It's all, you know, they show up in the limo to your meeting. Yeah. No, 
they drive their own, you know, 1972, for, uh, you know, Ford. They meet you for breakfast at George Webb, and they're just just like us. So it's it becomes a very natural relationship kind of building type of activity. And I remember sitting in this donor's office, and it wasn't anything special. And he's like, "Yeah, I think I'll just do it." And I, I tell you, I was just like, "What?" You know, you don't want to say what. Yeah. <laughs> you, you the first words out of your mouth are "Thank you." <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. They just said, hey, I just want to make a difference. So it's right. it's really a humbling experience. There might be listeners out there that, you know, you may have the ability to do that. And it doesn't have to be a million dollars. It can be a thousand. It can be 10,000. It can be a commitment. Hey, we're not able to do this in, until we leave this earth. So we're going to be able to do it through our state. But I just mm-hmm. would encourage our listeners to be thinking about, think of the joy that you can get in making that gift. And that's what we're we're really trying to do in advancement is helping people experience that joy. And I tell you, it is a joy-filled experience for both of us. I think we hugged each other. Today we went oh, because right. we we'd been sitting right. six feet apart. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> With a mask on, so you Zoom. have to pretend to smile, right? <laughs> That's exactly it. You get it. Well, how a lot of the people that I talk to are used to, they write out checks to their church or charity. They're not necessarily as engaged in the way that you've you've talked about. Uh, where you've got mission advancement and the donors are trying to make a specific impact somehow. How would you recommend people get engaged in maybe further with a, with a nonprofit? Sure. I, I really think some nonprofits are going to be small, so they won't have a development professional or major gift officer. So maybe it's the leader that takes that on. I think you need to ask questions. I think you you want to reach out and say, hey, I'd be interested in learning more. You know, it'd be great if every nonprofit would kind of do the, the work that, that I do, and many of them do. But sometimes it, there's 65,000 people in the college's database. I don't necessarily know who wants to raise their hand and say, hey, I think I want to get more involved. I want to learn more about your college or your ministry or your nonprofit. So I would ask the listeners to be bold and, and make that first step, say, I'd like to learn a little bit more. I think I, I'd like to learn where what I'm all about and what you're about and to see if there, there might be an opportunity for us to partner or to, to work together. And I think that would be welcomed by whether it's a church or not. So work with your pastor. I've worked with several pastors when I was a consultant, helping them kind of what we, it's a term we use, cultivation. How do we work with members that have the ability to give, that have a passion for the ministry that they're leading? And then we put that together about okay, what area of this ministry do they really feel the most passionate about and do they want to help? Well, Rich, I want to thank you for your time. This has been phenomenal. You've talked a lot about creativity, a lot about servant leadership. Is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask? I think we we covered quite a bit in this last half hour. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. We should do this more often. This is great. (laughs) Absolutely. I've got time next week, so let me know. <laughs> there you go. We'll, put it, we'll pencil it in. <laughs> How can people learn more about you, Rich, or learn more about Wisconsin Lutheran College? It'd, it'd be great for perhaps some people to, to reach out and maybe engage with the college, or maybe they've got some, some questions, a way that they'd like to partner with you on something. Absolutely. They can go to our website, wlc.edu. So real simple that you can connect on there. And if you go to the the donate button or a give button, you're going to see my name and contact information all over the those donation pages. So I, I welcome anybody. And you know what? We'll throw in free lunch. Come for a tour. 
We'll have yeah. you check out the place, meet some students. We'll do it in a real socially distanced way. You know, we mm-hmm. still have people coming on campus for tours and such. So we'd love to show you what we're experiencing every day because it's magical. Yeah. Well, I know that I've had some connections come out and meet with you, and they absolutely raved about the college and the experience of meeting you, meeting the president, Dan Johnson. And it was uh, it was great. Absolutely. Well, and we love meeting new people. And you know what? No obligation. Check us out. Maybe you're checking us out because you have a grandkid. Or maybe you're interested, but you're like, hmm, I'm not sure. And that's okay. Yeah. We just we just love sharing our mission and what we're all about with people. So that we've got one more person that knows what Wisconsin Lutheran College is all about. All right, Eric, what do you think? Did Rich live up to his, his LinkedIn profile? Is he a oh, nice guy? Absolutely. Rich, it's such a pleasure to hear your passion. I mean, it, it really comes through. I mean, you don't even have to see your face to hear that passion coming through. So I, I'm so excited that Jeremy brought you on the show today. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, no, thank you. This is a real honor to be even asked. I was shocked when Jeremy asked me. I'm like, really? You want me on the radio? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Ah, oh, good. All right. Any, Jeremy, any closing thoughts for today? I think we're going to go. Check out wlc.edu. There's a lot more things to do there than just send your 18-year-old off to college. And that's okay to do that, too. Go ahead and send your 18-year-old off to college there at WLC. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for your time. And of course, the last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.